I'm joined by Andy Keller, CEO of Chico Bag and To Go Wear. Thank you so much for joining me, Andy. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Awesome. And the way I like to start these conversations is really just to get an idea of what briefly is the problem that Chico Bag and that you're solving? I mean, the biggest problem that we're trying to solve is, I mean, our mission is to help humanity bag the single-use habit. And we're talking about single-use plastics. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue with plastic is that once it's created, there is no natural system or that that works with plastic. It actually gets into the environment and it doesn't biodegrade. It turns into essentially pollution that yeah. uh, is found all over the globe. So our use of plastic, um, I mean, the the best way to solve this issue is to reduce our use of plastic. And single-use plastic is a low-hanging fruit. You know, when we use plastic for just moments and throw it away and it lasts for eons in the environment, that's the issue we're trying to solve by making products that are reusable, that are... Mm -hmm. Um, that compete with that convenience of single use. So everything we make is reusable and ideally really easy to use, something that you can adopt into your lifestyle very easily. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And there's, um, I read on your website, I, I absolutely love this little quote, when waste does not become food for another system, natural or otherwise, it becomes pollution. And I think that's a really elegant and simple way of describing exactly kind of the, I guess, the, the challenges that we're facing as, as a species in terms of what we've created is it doesn't really break down or go away. Um, like the forest sort of works on its own, but plastic doesn't really go anywhere. It just sort of, the best we can get is just it breaking up into tiny little pieces and then floating around. It's really a, a horrible outcome because what happens is it's impossible to clean up at that point. Yeah. You know, when it, when it becomes, um, you know, little pieces of plastic and what they're finding is that the plastic, uh, once it deteriorates and becomes little specks of plastic, yeah. it, it can, um, travel, you know, either by wind current or water current all over the globe. And they're mm-hmm. finding plastic at the North pole and the South pole, you know, places that should be pristine wilderness areas you know, all across the ocean, um, concentrated in what they call the gyres, which essentially are where uh, two currents come together, mm-hmm. creates a bit of a, uh, a dead zone. And this is where plastic accumulates. Um, and so when you see plastic, for example, on the street, there rains, it goes, you know, down into the storm drain, into the creek, it, it all runs downhill, it ends up in the ocean and the final resting place for plastic is in these gyres. There's five of them across the globe, main accumulation zones. And uh, I've had the privilege of going out and seeing firsthand, um, been to two of these different gyres to see really? the plastic out in the ocean. So and that's I, the uh, Great Pacific Garbage Patch is one of them. Yes, and there's four others, main ones. I mean, really, it's um, those are accumulation zones. There's plastic all over the globe. Yeah. And what's happening is that it's entering our food chain. And yep. it, it really is pollution. Um, and it's at a uh, almost at a microscopic level where, mm. you know, and, and what happens with plastic in the ocean is that like attracts like. So there's other petrochemicals and things that have been banned for years like DDT that are still persisting in our environment. And the plastic oh, wow. will act like a little sponge 
and will absorb these other petrochemicals. So these little pieces of plastic become little toxic pills, essentially. Uh, they can become a million times more toxic than the ambient seawater that they're in. So when something ingests that, um, they're taking in that those chemicals. And then when something bigger eats that little thing, it bioaccumulates up the food chain. So, you know, uh, I, th- I saw a video the other day where a guy was eating sushi and he had a plastic cup, you know, and then the, that shows the life of the plastic cup after he's done going out to the ocean and then bioaccumulating back into the fish. And then he's eating sushi again and yeah. eating the, you know, yeah, the result but- of his lifestyle. So, yeah, it's a shame. And um, yeah, I think there's a lot of those kind of similar memes about just the the circularity in a bad way of plastic and how we sort of use it and then just comes back in forms that we don't want. Um, going to Chico Bag, um, yeah. how how does or how do you solve this problem? I mean, what is your, what's your strategy and what, what is it that you're doing to... Um, you know, to, to reduce the amount of plastic that we're seeing in our beautiful oceans. The, um, the main thing is just helping people become aware mm-hmm. that plastic once created never goes away. Yeah. And then to give them a solution. Um, most people who, you know, know this, they know that, Oh, I should be using less plastic, but uh, they don't, they forget their reusable bags at home or in the car, for example. Right. So the idea that I had when I started my company was, well, what if I had a bag that I couldn't forget at home or in the car, you know, one that I had in my pocket hmm. or, you know, clipped onto my keys. And so uh, what I came up with is a, a reusable bag, you know, that fits in a pouch. And oh, so it's got tiny. a little, yeah, it's got a little carabiner on here so you can clip it on your belt loop or hook it on your keys or, you know, it's flat enough. I can keep it in my back pocket, like a, like a wallet hmm. it actually kind of, balances out my you know my back so i don't have back issues <laughs> yeah because um, i got my wallet in my other pocket so but anyways this this the idea of this is to make it super convenient so you don't have to remember and a lot of times i'll end up in the store and i'm like god i forgot my bag i'm like oh wait a minute <laughs> it's in my pocket you know so that that's the solution is making it easy for people to remember um we you mentioned in the beginning, like a uh, Chico bag and to go wear. So to go yeah. wear is basically the utensil equivalent. So it's a bamboo fork, knife and spoon oh, also uh, in and a pouch. chopsticks all in a pouch that's got a carabiner too. So it's, you know, single use, you go out to lunch, you know, how many times have you gotten a single use fork or God forbid a single use knife, fork and spoon wrapped in plastic with a napkin. And you're like, ah, I, I got a hamburger and French fries. Why are you giving this to me? Exactly. You know? So you could say no to that, you know, if you had a, you know, a utensil set like this. So and the carabiner makes it impossible to forget. No excuses. Yeah. So you, you, know, you clip it on something that you know you're like, you know, if you if you carry a bag or a purse with you, you know, you can clip it on, or you know, you keep it in your in your car, you know, and have it in a place where you could see it. And so all the solutions that we've come up with, you know, help people say no to single-use plastic. Like, for example, here's a sandwich bag. You know, you could keep oh, your cool. snacks in it. Um, you can put a full sandwich in here. Or if you have, a, you know, like a small snack, you can fold it over and, you know, put it in your lunch, put it in your bag for your lunch. Yeah. 
you know, so basically we've come out with solutions, you know, to help people kick their, you know, shopping bag habit, utensil habit, sandwich baggy habit, <laughs> Ziploc bag habit, you know, every, every one of these single use items that you know, people are bombarded with in their life. We've tried to come up with a solution that's reusable, that can help people use less of that. Yeah, that's really cool. And why, why focus specifically on, uh, so, I mean, you, you've, um, you've kind of broadened out, right? At first you were starting just with the plastic bag, yeah. um, which is where the name Chico bag comes from. So out of curiosity, why start specifically with the plastic bag and not, I mean, but straws were so, uh, everyone hates straws yeah. as well. So, uh, <laughs> um, I'm just wondering where does the focus on the plastic bag specifically, uh, start with? You know, I, I I was at the landfill, and in my town, we, it's a small town, about 100,000 people, and what I saw when I was at the landfill were plastic bags everywhere, blowing around, and visually, it was just, I, I was overwhelmed by plastic bags, and that day, it was windy, and the plastic bags were blowing out of the landfill into the adjacent ranch land where cows were pasturing. Oh, Wow. And it occurred to me at that moment that, you know, all these plastic bags, like the people that threw them away didn't litter. They put them in their, in their trash can. They were responsible. Yeah. Yet, despite that, these plastic bags were still getting out in the environment. Yeah. You know, and I, and I realized really that, you know, I've been yeah. told, I told my whole, I was been told my whole life, you know, don't litter, you know, give a hoot, don't pollute, you know, recycle. <laughs> and you know, essentially there's a fundamental issue with, with our society that's bigger than just consumers doing the right thing. You know, it's uh, businesses creating these types of products that, um, and then blaming the consumer for the problems that they create. Mm. You know, so what, what I came to realize is that, you know, plastic bags can become windblown litter despite proper disposal. Yeah. And, and that, Really, I was a plastic bag user up until that point. The average American uses about 500 plastic bags um, per year. Wow. And we have a character called the Bag Monster that represents what this is. And I, I dress up like the Bag Monster to show people what, <laughs> what their annual consumption looks like. And most people never really think about how many plastic bags they use in a year. So what, what um, is the Bag Monster? The bag monster is um, what the average American uses in plastic bags in one year. All like covered. It's basically a costume that's covered in plastic bags. So if you tied every plastic bag on you that you used in one year, yeah, you'd look like a bag monster at the end of the year. Wow. And so most people don't think about it. They never think about how much plastic they use. And so seeing the bag monster brings them face to face with their consumption. And typically there's a realization when someone sees that goes, oh, you know, I probably use more bags than I need. And yeah. then there's, you know, that that's uh, nine out of 10 people, you know, have that conclusion when they see it. Um, some people get defensive. They're like, oh, well, I use my plastic bags, you know, to clean up my dog poo or, you know, my cat litter. Yeah. You know, and that's great. You know, using a plastic bag twice, you know, certainly is part of the solution. That's the, the reuse. So, mm -hmm. You know, and some people recycle their bags, you know, and it's hard to do in a lot of places yep. in the United States. You have to bring them to your grocery store to get them recycled in most communities. If you put them in your curbside bin, they don't get recycled. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's a bit of um, 
I guess, uh, misinformation around recycling, which is yeah. part of this part of this issue. Um, I, I, I kind of getting away from your original question. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, one thing that you said, which is really interesting is that, um, uh, that making people aware, um, yeah. it's, I, I think what you, what you said, which I thought is interesting is that people use more plastic bags than they need. I also think, um, uh, it also makes people aware that they, use a lot more than they think because yeah. if you're really able to dress yourself fully in i mean what is it 500 plastic bags and that will cover your entire body yeah i mean like you said it's a very visual representation and i would have never thought that that's how many plastic like it's just such an easy way to visualize that and it's really powerful because even the number 500 plastic bags I mean, it sounds like a lot, but it doesn't really mean much to me in terms of what does that look like or what, you know, so that's, I mean, dressing yourself is kind of an extreme way. And I think it's a very, uh, it's a clever way and a unique way of doing it. Um, and I, it's like what you said, you're bringing awareness and attention first to, to the issue of, of yeah. disposable plastic, um, which is really awesome. So the other point is, um, it's like you said, I mean, I think reusing is important. Um, but then again, there's the, the three R's, which is reduce, reuse, recycle. And as I've seen and heard more than once, they're in order. It's yes. not do them kind of whichever one you prefer. It's first reduce, then reuse, and then finally, if you have to, recycle. Yes. Um, and I guess that's exactly what you're actually covering off two of those because first you're reducing the number of bags that people are um, using in the first place. And then mm -hmm. second of all, you're actually having a reusable um, alternative. Yes. And, and the third R is recycle. We yeah. uh, have a line of products that we make out of recycled PET, which is bottles, plastic bottles. Okay. Then. You know, so we that's can't make repeat. Yes. Yeah, love that. So we can't we can't make our our uh, fabric out of old plastic bags, but we can make it out of old plastic bottles. So mm. you know that's that's the uh, the closing the loop part of it. So you know the the kind of the dirty secret with, with plastics is that they all have this little recycle symbol on it, and, they, yes. and you put it in your blue bin. You know, and everyone feels good. Oh, I recycle. I fill up my blue bin every week. You know, I'm doing my part. You know, but the, the the dirty secret about that is very few plastics actually have a market. And in order for things to get recycled, there has to be a market for the recycled content. Yep. Um, consumers can play a role in this by buying items made of recycled content. Um, but part of the problem with recycled content right now is that recycled content, at least in my world, is 40% more expensive than virgin content. Hmm which doesn't make any sense to me. Like if you're going to extract oil out of the ground, refine it, break it into its parts, create virgin plastic out of it, yeah. that should be more expensive than taking existing plastic and grinding it up and making something new out of it. But it's not. And part of that is because over years of lobbying, um, essentially industry you know, and the government has externalized costs, you know, and what I mean by that is that the cost of virgin plastic, all those costs are not embedded in the price you pay 
for that. It's being right. paid for by taxpayers or by communities mm-hmm. or even future generations when you talk about environmental degradation. And that is uh, something that's changing. Um, business has traditionally, the status quo of business has been to maximize shareholder profit. That's the sole purpose of business and the only responsibility of business, you know, um, if, if you believe in, you know, Milton Friedman, um, you know, the famous economist, yeah. he, you know, and this is like the market, the free market will solve all social woes. You know, it's this kind of thinking, mm-hmm. but that's changing. You know, that, that system, essentially when you maximize shareholder profit, you are, um, not prioritizing employees or vendors or the planet or people who aren't at the negotiation table. Um, you're putting them second to the shareholder. And there's a new movement right now called um, benefit corporation or B corporations. Um, right. These are value um, purpose driven businesses where they're putting something else besides a shareholder at the same level or even at a higher level. And that's, uh, and that's, and that's is a B Corp, right? Yeah. So that's, that's putting awesome. a social benefit. And, and, and the premise is that business should provide a social benefit outside of just making profit for the shareholders. So what, I mean, what, what does it take to actually be, to be a B Corp? B Corp? Um, essentially, you need to embed into your social into your corporate charter, a social benefit. So for, for Chico Bag, we have a mission of helping humanity bag the single-use habit. We're trying to help humanity use less single-use plastic. Um, and we go beyond that. We, like, we, we want to leave a positive impact on the world. Right. You know, so we have zero waste goals. Uh, we are offsetting our carbon footprint, hmm. um, reducing as much as we can. And we're doing all of this. And not all of it makes sense from a traditional, like, shareholder profit model but this is the purpose of the business you know so as we as we pursue that purpose um we are achieving our mission um and at the same time making a profit so we're able to continue the profit allows us to continue operating as this purpose-driven business yeah and i I think that's a really important point is this profit element because um and and from a lot of the other uh, people I've spoken to who have companies. I mean, you know, it's. I think it is very important that you are a profitable, profitable business. I mean, you're you're not a charity, and yeah. that's the whole point. Is that uh, you know, you're you're basically by being profitable, you're able to keep going and pursue your mission. And yeah. as the business grows, you're able to make a bigger and bigger impact. So I think pro- profit is really crucial. It. Profit is really an indicator to let you know that you know people are appreciating the business hmm. and that you're doing nice something that it. provides value. Yeah, and ultimately, consumers or customers have the power. You know, so every dollar you spend is a vote for what you want in the world. You know, so when you spend your dollars, you know what companies are you going to give your dollars to? Who are you voting for? Yeah. You know, and so, you know, raising that awareness is, you know, and there's a whole movement about greater transparency so that you know exactly what you are voting for. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of companies where they don't understand their supply chain. So when you buy a chocolate bar from a certain company, are, are you supporting, you know, slave labor, you know, uh, picking cocoa beans yeah. or not, you know? So, you know, when you vote with your dollar that way, you know, you can vote and pay for a chocolate bar that supports, you know, fair labor standards and mm-hmm. make sure and to a company that understands the supply chain, you know, and there's all kinds of examples of this where you can, you know, use your dollars as a lever to create the change that you want to see in the world. Yeah. It's cool. And Cause be, it's sorry, just on that point. Cause I think yeah. it's, it's really interesting. It's you're, you're, you're both voting for the thing you'd like. And because you end up buying, you know, this fair trade chocolate bar, you're also not buying the other chocolate bar. So you're, you're mm-hmm. kind of giving two signals simultaneously, meaning I'm not going to support these chocolate bars and I am supporting this one. I, exactly. I, yeah. Yeah. That's a great point is, you know, it has a double impact. Yeah, absolutely. That's, and then the company that you're rewarding with your dollar is able to, you know, continue and expand and grow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the other company theoretically should be shrinking or like going, wait a minute, what's happening here? Maybe, oh, people care about our supply chain. Let's do something about it. And then they can adjust the way they do business to earn those customers back. Um one thing I noticed just uh, moving away from, from this and going back to the B Corp that um, I was really, really impressed by your awards that you've gotten. Um, let's see, voted best for the world for environmental impact five years running and then best overall for 2018. Uh, those awards sound incredibly impressive. Uh, what what are they exactly? And So there's... In the B in the B Corporation universe, there's I I haven't checked recently, but there's over three thousand B corporations in the world uh, and growing. And of those B corporations, everyone goes through this assessment. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets a score based on um, you know the assessment that they go through. Right. Um, so Chico Bag has won an award because of the, our environmental practices, what we do as a company in comparison to all these other companies. So we've been ranked in the top, I forget what it is, 20% of B corporations or maybe it's 10%, I forget. That's so cool. Uh, of, you know, in regard to our score and the practices that we have here. That's amazing. And five years in a row, I mean, that's, you're really committed and sticking to it. Yeah. Well, you know, once you start winning awards, you're like, oh, I want to, you know. Can't wanna, not win an award next year. We've got to. Got to up, up our, our game. game. Yeah, you exactly. Know? We, you know, which which is motivating. Like, we're all like, okay, what can we do now? And yeah. So this year we've decided to um, join the, you know, become climate neutral certified. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And then we also became a 1% for the planet member which essentially we're committing 1% of our sales, top line sales to uh, the planet. This is revenue, meaning not profit. Yes, revenue. So any sale that you make, first you set aside one percentage of that. Exactly. Then you keep the 99% and do whatever you need to do with it. Yeah. So we've committed, you know, for our recycled content product, 1% of the sales of, of those products. Uh, wow. Because we want to motivate people to buy those products. Yeah, that makes sense. Double um, motivation. And, and we've made a commitment to to shift 
our product line from version polyester to recycled content. And we, we offer recycled content currently, but as I mentioned before, there's some structural issues in our economy yeah. that essentially make those products more expensive. You know, it's more expensive to create recycled content products currently. Mm-hmm. We want that to change. We think that can happen through policy. Um, you know, right now, because there's subsidies for oil extraction and tax benefits, and there's all kinds of kind of status quo things in place to make virgin plastic cheaper than recycled content. We, we need to change that as a society. And, you know, as a consumer, you can, we talked about changing the world, but there's also the idea as a citizen, you can also change the world. So as a consumer, you vote with your dollars as a citizen you speak up and you talk to your politicians and you let them know that what's important to you uh, and go to your capital or to your local city council meeting and ask for change. Um, You know, and it can happen at a city level, a county level, a state level, or even at a federal level. Um, Or you could go to the United Nations, you know, as well. You know, there's activists, you know, all over the world and, you know, engaging at all those different levels to create the change we want to see. You know, and one of those changes is essentially to put in tax benefits or to remove tax benefits to level the playing field so that recycled content is ultimately cheaper than virgin plastic. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Then there's an economic incentive to use recycled plastic. The economic incentive will close the loop automatically. If we can level the playing field, the whole thing, the whole game changes. Mm-hmm. And then we will live in a circular plastic economy as a result. Yeah. That, that does make a lot of sense. I, I recently learned that aluminum is cheaper. Uh, sorry, recycled aluminum is cheaper than virgin yeah. aluminum. So there you go. I mean, the motivation instantly to use virgin aluminum is practically null. If you can get uh, recycled aluminum, why would you go for a more expensive option? So it's the same with plastic. Once the recycled stuff becomes cheaper and easier to obtain than the non-recycled stuff, it's like, well, we it just doesn't make any sense to go for the virgin and create new plastic. Yeah. And that, and that's how that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's setting up this, the game, the playing field so that the game yeah. could be essentially played in a way that's um, better for the planet. Exactly. Yeah. You've um, you mentioned a, a couple things already um, that uh, one question I'd love to ask um, towards the end uh, as, as we're, uh, I'm just conscious of time here is um, what, what, what do you personally do on the day to day level just in your own life and, and at work? And you mentioned, you know, voting with your dollar, voting as a citizen. Um, I, I guess kind of on a more day to day level, what do you do to be environmentally friendly? Oh gosh! I guess um, one thing I'm, I'm, that I'm really hoping that you talk about is your office pets. Oh yes. So, um, so we we've tried to do composting. So we have a zero waste initiative, and composting, I've failed at it miserably. You know, I just can't get stuff to compost right, and I've come to the conclusion that chickens actually are nature's composters. You give them, basically, they'll eat anything, and they'll turn it into compost, like, within uh, 30 minutes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing. So, yeah, we, um, we've used chickens as a way to process our food waste. Um, so where, where, where do they live? You know, we, um, we had them at the office, in, in front of our office, in a coop. 
and each employee we'd put all our compost in a five gallon bucket and we'd bring it out to the chickens you know on a weekly basis or daily basis whenever we thought about it uh, unfortunately recently we moved into a, a different building that's close to the airport and faa regulations require that we don't have chickens for some reason because they attract birds of prey and jet engines attract birds oh, of prey too i never even so, considered that yeah so unfortunately um i have chickens at home now instead of at the office you know so uh we chickens are still a big part of of the compost story here but unfortunately we're a little bit uh handicapped in our ability to compost so does that mean that you're driving compost home from work i i have i have been known to do that yes i would um i would definitely do that <laughs> you know we do have a, a a compost pile that's not not it's not working very well but it's there but i did notice the grass that's growing around the compost pile is like three or four shades greener than the rest oh. of the grass in the area. So, you know, we we are creating good soil here as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And and going with the chickens, um, I mean, I bet you've, you haven't bought an egg in a while. Yeah, the uh, eggs from a, from a chicken, like the yolks, are, are the biggest difference. And they're mm -hmm. bright orange and very... Um, the brighter the orange, the it indicates the more micronutrients and yeah. um, in inside the inside the egg. So they're very healthy as a result. Yeah, it's amazing. And you compare it to a store bought egg, and they kind of look anemic. And it's um, once you once you try fresh eggs, it's hard to go back to uh, so good. Eggs. I've also noticed that the shell on um, those kind of like your chickens. Uh, eggs, the shell is so much harder and it's not nearly as easy to crack the egg. I mean, you, you have to put a little bit more, they're still delicate, but you still, you have to put in a bit more oomph into it than yeah. one of the store-bought eggs. Um, but you know, chick chickens are a delight. If anyone's listening to this and ever thought about getting chickens, I, I highly recommend it. They're so fun. They all have yeah. little personalities. They eat your compost and, and they give you eggs in return. Like what's not the best like? Best deal ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a win-win. That's one of those symbiotic relationships where I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, there's symbiotic relationships in nature and I feel like humans are also part of nature. And I feel yeah. like a chicken and a human have a symbiotic relationship that is, is pure and natural. And, um, you know, I'm sure my vegan friends would, would, uh, <laughs> Um, disagree with me as far as eating the eggs, but I mean that's my my point of view on it is that it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. I protect them from the weasels and the hawks, and they give me eggs in return. Seems like a fair trade to me. <laughs> and um, as we uh, last and final question is, where can we learn more about the work that you're doing? So specifically, Chico Bag and To yeah. Go Where. Well, we are, you can go to our website, which is chicobag, C-H-I-C-O-B-A-G.com. Um, and you can see our to-go wear product line there as well. Excellent. Um, you know, we also have social media accounts as well that you can link to you know, from our website. Um, and ultimately, anybody who wants to involve us in anything that they're working on, like we're happy to collaborate and talk and you know, people can reach out to me. My email is easy. It's just Andy at Chico Bag. So um, I invite any kind of collaboration. Like if anyone is on the same page as us and wants to like rally, I'm I'm there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and, um, 
Yeah. I, thank you very much for your time, first of all, Andy. And I, I really hope to see you one day uh, dressed as the bag, bag monster. <laughs> um, hopefully that's what you do for Halloween. Yeah, well, Google bag monster and see what you see what you find. <laughs> lots of lots of photos of you, I hope. <laughs> well, you know, we have a hundred costumes that we loan oh, wow. out to people all over the world, and uh, many people have dressed up like the bag monster. So you can you can see uh, how it's been used. It's been oh, very awesome. effective. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. What a great way to uh, spread awareness and uh, get a dress up as something kind of very scary, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Andy, yeah, thank you again so much for your time. Um, I think the work you're doing with Chico Bags and To Go Wear is really important. As you say, it's not just about, um, I mean, it, it, reducing obviously is very important. It's also about just becoming aware of, uh, of, the, of the problem that we have. And it sounds like you're doing an amazing job with that. So uh, we're, we're all rooting for you. And you. best of luck as you continue on with your journey. And again, thank you so much for your time. And thank you as well. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, give us a five-star rating. And also, please subscribe, whether on your podcast app or on YouTube. And that way you can be the first to know about new episodes. Thank you very much and talk to you soon.